Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. You know, <clears throat> I think many of us in life, the moment we don't realize, but the moment we're born, we are trying to climb a ladder, trying to get to somewhere that we don't realize we will never reach. We are told we need to become somebody. We're told we need to become something, whether that is in our grades, whether that is in a sport, whether that's in our activities, and we climb this ladder of life. And I don't know how many of you ever looked at something you thought, I will never get there. I feel like for my kids, it's any time that they need to clean their room, they look at their room, and they go, that's impossible. It's never going to be clean. And I just look at them going, you made the mess. It's your stuff, not mine. But in life, we do that. Whether it's at your job, you're like, I just, I need to get to the top. And when you get to the next rung, you go, it's still so far away. You get to the next top, you still, you look at parenting, you look going, I want to be this parent. And you try to get up there and in life. I want to be this man. I want to be this woman. I want to be this. And we climb, we climb, we climb, we climb, we climb. And we will never reach the point that we all desire. So, so many times in life, we feel like a failure. We feel like we'll never match up. We feel like we've let everybody down. And we have that slogan. You've heard that slogan, you are enough. You're never enough, never, never. That's the truth. You're never enough on your own. You'll never be enough on your own. You'll never meet some place where you will feel like you've finally gotten it. You will always feel this way if it depends on you. But here's the good thing. It doesn't. Let's get started. As we continue our series in the book of Mark, No Ordinary Man, and we're going to look at Jesus and see how he was no ordinary man and how he did things way different than what this ladder is asking us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Jesus, I ask that you would speak to us, encourage us, and that you would help our hearts realize how much you love us and all that you did to help us become the people you desire us to be. Jesus, I ask that you'd speak to us through your word. Lord, I ask that our hearts would be ready to receive and hear from you. Jesus, I ask that you would not only speak to us at City View, Lord, but speak to your people all over the valley. Lord, whether it's at um, here at City View, over at Desert Breeze, Lord, over at um, <clears throat> Redemption, Hillsong, CCV, Calvary, Lord, you, you're, you're moving all over the valley, not just here. So Jesus, I ask that you would move in our valley, that you bring about revival. Jesus, thank you for being here in this room today. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, good morning. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here at City View Church. I just want to say welcome, and it's so nice to have you here today. This week, I experienced something new. I don't know how many of you try new things, but it's important to try new things. This week, I tried mountain biking. Um, I'm a 42-year-old man. I know how to ride a bike, but riding a mountain bike on—now, they took it easy on me. Uh, my friend Jason took it really easy. He just rode with me. I go, dude, you don't have to wait for me. He goes, I came out here to hang out, not to just go and ride. So he was very nice and, and kind to me. But I rode. I wrecked twice. 
Um, got some blood, but it was, it was so much fun. So last, a couple weeks ago, I talked about, you know, you need to find something fun for you to do. Remember that? And I said to recharge your soul. I was talking about that. Some of you, you need to try something new. For some of you, it's just a matter of going, I've never done that before. I don't know if I could. Well, have you tried it? I loved it. I went out again this week. I went out again on Thursday. I took my two of my, my older two boys and we went riding and took my, my middle son, Joel, and he did an amazing job and it was a lot of fun. Just something to do to get outside and you're like, it's too hot. Get over it. Get outside or do something inside. I don't know what your new thing is that you need to try. Maybe it's plants. You're like, I, maybe I want to get into planting and knowing how to do plant stuff. Talk to my wife. She's an amazing planter, gardener, plantation. <laughs> What's a plant? Horticultural. Yeah, that. You could do that. She's really good at it, except when our, our dog eats her plants, which you don't eat her plants. But I just want to tell you, I don't just preach things, I do them too. I don't just stand up here and tell you guys things to do. Not only do I do all the mistakes that I talk about, like climbing a ladder and trying to become somebody I'm not, but I also, when I say go and try something new, or when I say go out and, and do something fun that recharges you, I do that too. I don't get just stuck in a rut and being like, well, I can't. I try it, I wreck, I get back up, and I go again. So that's it. So we're in Mark chapter 1, verse 21, and it says this. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and he began teaching. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. You see, Jesus was no ordinary man. As we get into today's sermon, we're going to realize that he's called us to no ordinary life. You see, Jesus here, he's, we see a whole new side of how Jesus was no ordinary. The, the ordinary men of those days, when they spoke, they just spoke words. When Jesus spoke, there was something that stood out to every single person that heard him speak. So what made Jesus different? Why was he known for teaching by authority? Th this is a sermon, a message. Like There's different aspects of sermons where I've spoken some way or another. This one, I've put so much study and so much thought. So when Jared made that comment, I'm like, I'm ready. I, I've, I've, I, I'm excited about what God has shown me and what I get to share with you today because I believe it's new stuff. For those of us who are newer believers, this is going to be super new. For those of us who are maybe we've been believers for a while, I think we're going to learn something new today and we're going to learn something new about how amazing our Jesus is. So what made him so not ordinary? To understand that we must know what they were comparing Jesus to in this. You see, when Jesus was speaking in this synagogue, the only people they ever really heard speak in this way were other scribes and Pharisees, other religious leaders. And, and those leaders of those days, they didn't speak like Jesus. They continually quoted other people talking about God. They had no personal relationship with God. They did not speak from a knowing. They always speak from a quoting. You see, they never gave people next steps. They didn't tell them how to apply it to their own life. The scribes and Pharisees, they focused so much on, on questions and long lists of, of responsibilities. The scribes and Pharisees, they were so focused on a ladder. 
They're so focused on, well, if you do this, and if you do this, and if you do this. But what they also did is they tried to make the latter easier. They tried to make it more convenient, even though it was still impossible to climb. They tried to make it more relatable and more understandable. And Jacob, just so you know, I'm going to be back and forth on this ladder a lot today, just to keep you going. That's our video guy. And I I won't run next time. There you go. So it would have, it it, it would be, be like them when they told you climb that ladder but not giving you the tools to do it, it'd be like giving you a remote control car without a battery. They're like, hey, do this, live this way, be this person, but figure it out on your own. And so many of us, that's what we're trying to do with life. Maybe we have Jesus and we love Jesus, we come to, uh, come to church, but the reality is we're never going to reach the top because you need a source, you need something that is gonna get you there. But the, here's the reality. God doesn't ask you to go up. Jesus came down to meet us where we are. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so when Jesus walks in, when he starts preaching these things, can you imagine the eye rolls? Because Jesus is now speaking in a way in their synagogue, in their church, in their place, and there's this tension in the room that, that they didn't like what Jesus had to say. You had the Pharisees, when they would get up there and they would preach, you would, they would talk about how great you're supposed to live, how you're supposed to follow these Ten Commandments, how you're supposed to do all this. And you had these, these the, 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 the people who weren't religious, they were just trying to live life, and they're looking at these Pharisees who were hypocrites, going, really? You're going to tell me how to live? Really? You think you have a place of authority to speak that? I see you every day of the week. You do not even live what you preach. So when Jesus entered the scene, He was different. He spoke like no one had ever heard. He lived like no one had ever seen. You see, Jesus was no ordinary man. He was no ordinary man. And he's calling us to live no ordinary life. But it's not simple either. And that's why people were drawn to Jesus. Jesus spoke with this authority. Now, here's the thing. I've heard preachers speak with an authority, and they just yell at you. Some of the biggest-named preachers, they're known for just being these great preachers, but they just yell trying to demand authority. And then there's those preachers. That they don't speak with a yell. Maybe they speak with an authority and it's a little louder. But you know what they say is what they mean because it's from their heart. That's what I hope to be. That's my desire. I don't ever want to be anybody other than me. It's my heart. And so Jesus spoke from the heart, about the heart, knowing that no action on the outside will ever get you to the top of the ladder. No actions. And so Jesus goes into this. We see this authority of Jesus in the book of Matthew. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 right now, we're going to look at these places that that really set Jesus apart. Because in Mark, Mark doesn't go deep into. Mark is just this fast pace. He's this action movie. He's not a drama. He's not going to dive into all the deep down stories. You know how there's those some movies where you don't get much character development? Most action movies, you meet Randy. Randy is a war hero, and Randy is on a mission to kill all the bad guys. You get that. 
And then you get those other movies that you meet Randy. Randy was born in a small town. You know those stories? Mark is not the Randy who's born in a small town. Mark's going to get right into Randy's a war hero. Matthew gets into the deeper and the more what's going on in life. So we see here where, where this authority, what it looked like. Jesus says this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that the ancients were told. Some of your passages might say, you have heard it said. So Jesus is, is quoting somebody. He's quoting something that they all would have known. He says this, you've heard it said, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the courts. But then here's what set Jesus apart. But Jesus goes, but I say to you. See, Jesus is now taking this place of authority, and this is what set him apart from all the other religious leaders, that, that he's speaking from a place not quoting rabbi so-and-so, because that's what the scribes and the Pharisees, that's what the religious leaders of that day would do. They would quote somebody so that they couldn't get in trouble. That if people didn't like it, they're like, well, I didn't really say it. That's, that, that, was, that was Rabbi Jared. I'm just quoting Jared. People are like, so Jared said that? Yeah, Jared said that. Oh, so you, sh you should get mad at Jared. It was like this scapegoat for them, so they didn't ever have to get in trouble, so that people just looked and said, Jared, he says dumb stuff all the time. But see, Jesus didn't quote. He said, but I say to you, all of a sudden, this room is like, who is this man that can speak authority, that can, that can speak words? You see, Jesus was no ordinary man. So many of these different speakers of those days, whether it was Christianity or, or Judaism or, or um, Buddhism or all these other religions, they spoke with no authority. Yet Jesus enters the scene, he says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty. I say to you that if you hate, you're guilty. You, you see, what the scribes had done is they had tried making the ladder easier to climb. They say, hey, just don't kill somebody. How many of us, I don't want to ask, because I don't know if somebody's actually killed somebody in here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that most of us probably have never killed anybody in this room. Right? It's pretty, because if you have, you probably are still in jail. We haven't killed somebody. And so that, we can all look going, I could do that. I could not kill, but Jesus says, hey, okay, yeah, killing, yeah, don't kill, that's bad. But I tell you, don't even hate. So all of a sudden, this ladder, you think you're climbing, I'm climbing. Jesus says, don't even hate. You're like, dang it, don't hate. And all of a sudden, the ladder goes, Because Jesus just made it impossible. He's helping us realize this place of, of, of just what the Jewish people have, have tried making this a possibility. They're like, no, no. He goes straight at the heart. He goes, it's not the actions, it's your heart. Where's your heart at? And then he goes into Matthew chapter, 25, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, about lust. He says, you have heard that it was said. Okay, he quotes, he says, you've heard that it was said. You shall not commit adultery. People are like, oh yeah, I've never, I've never done that. Like, I, I, can, I can look at my own life, I'm like, I've never committed adultery, I've never done that. And Jesus says, but I say to you, you shouldn't even look lustfully upon a woman. The ladder goes, Brrr. For real, like, you can't even, like, look. 
You see, the Jew, Jewish leaders of those days were making this, like, they were making all these excuses and trying to make this, this way so they looked holier in front of everybody else. And Jesus says, no. It's your heart. It's not just the physical actions, but it's the heart. And Jesus here is talking about this. We need to honor women with our eyes, with our hearts. Not looking lustfully, not looking crazy. Like we need to actually check our hearts, which it's impossible on your own. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. And then Jesus says in verse 31, it was said. He's quoting again, it was said, it was said, it was said. Whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. So in those days, they would try to come up with any reason to get divorced, which is very common in our day, too. Somebody doesn't make you happy, like I heard it. I know we have kids in here, but I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say something right now. I heard somebody was telling me um, this week that their friend is getting divorced from his wife because she doesn't sleep with him as much as he'd like her to. I'm like, is that your, that's your biggest problem? No, you're like, Jeremiah, you don't know. I'm, I'm not going to go into any details, but we try to look and come up with any reason so that the Jews, when Jesus, when this was brought before Jesus, they were like, Jesus, but Moses said, but Moses said, and Jesus says, yeah, but that was never God's heart. You see, marriage is a symbol. Marriage, marriage is, is a picture of our relationship with God. And if divorce can happen, which I know divorce happens in life. I'm from a divorced home. I get it. But what happens when divorce breaks up, when a marriage breaks up, do you, want, do you know what it does for kids? I don't know how many of you are in a divorced home. But what it does for kids is it shows a broken trust. It shows a brokenness between mom and dad. It shows a brokenness in the home. It shows that something is not right, that something is not working. And all of a sudden, when a kid grows up in a home without mom and dad together, when a marriage gets broken, what that does is it changes our view of God. And we think, could God leave like my mom? Could God leave like my dad? You may say, no, Jeremiah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're one or 15 when that happens it does something to your soul because marriage is something God made to be a picture and so Jesus says this but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except for the reason of there's somebody sleeping around Jesus it's not good Jesus all of a sudden takes all their excuses and says oh no 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 because it's the heart. It's the heart. And then Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33, he says, Again, you've heard that the ancients were told, or again, you've heard it said, You shall not make a false vow, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. So he's like, okay, when you make a promise, make your promises to the Lord. Jesus here takes it a whole never, another step. Jesus says, but I say to you, no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, 
or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes and no. Jesus says, do what you say. Keep your promises. You see, the Jews are like, well, as long as I just do what I said to God, you know, they're trying to, the religious leaders are trying to make a ladder that's easy to climb. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You will never reach the top. Because the whole thing, he's getting to this last verse, verse 48, that says, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. An impossibility. But when Jesus is speaking, you've got to understand this audience, this crowd that is hearing Jesus speak with authority is so different. Have you ever heard somebody just speak and talk about something they know nothing about, but yet they're supposed to be the speaker on that topic? Have you ever heard that before? And they're talking and they're rambling and they're rambling and they're talking and you're like, you don't believe this. You don't even know it. You're just reading from the textbook. And Have you ever sat in that class before in school? It's just like they wanted to teach at the school, and the only class that was available was science, but they're a really good PE teacher. And so they're teaching science, so they're the football coach, and so they're teaching social studies. And they could care less about social studies, but they love football. And you're like, you don't believe this stuff. You see, that was the Jewish leaders, but all of a sudden Jesus is speaking, and he's not just speaking, but he believes it. You see, Jesus isn't going to leave people empty. He's going to lead them to the solution because he is the solution. But let's continue because I don't want to get there yet. So Jesus, so then it, it comes to verses 38 through 42, and Jesus says this, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a truth. That means go and get revenge. If somebody hurts you, you go and hurt them back. If somebody punches you, you go and punch them back. If somebody takes from you, you go and take back. There's this idea of just, I need to get what I need. Everything's got to be equal. Everything's got to be fair. The other day, my kids, and I, I'm sorry, I should pay my kids every time. If I had to pay my kids every time I use them as an illustration, I'd be broke. You guys would need to tithe more. Um, I would need to have like an extra offering basket to go after service just to cover how many times I use them in a sermon. But yesterday I was doing yard work. I did it all day long. And I came inside and I said, boys, I need you to go outside and pick up our dog's stuff. And they're like, complaining and whining. I go, oh, no, 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 don't even. I go, I've been working outside in the yard all day long. All I'm asking you to do is go do that for five minutes. Once I set that straight, but see, we look at life, we're like, everything has to be fair. And in the, even here, it's like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and Jesus says this, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to them also. You guys, this, this is mind-blowing. Now, there are situations, I'm not saying if you are in an abusive relationship, just stay in it. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying if you are, don't defend yourself. That's not what Jesus is saying. But it also, it, when it, if you're in an abusive relationship, that's not what Jesus is saying. But there are situations where, not in a marriage, I'm si stepping out of marriage now, or a relationship, okay? There are times in life where it's not about you getting what you deserve. But there are times in life where you have to be as Jesus, 
who led by example, who was punched in the face, beat with whips, had his beard torn out, and not once did he say, hey, Michael the archangel, will you just come down and we just kill like 500 of them real quick just to show them who I am? Just to show them, like, don't mess with the creator of all things. Don't mess with me. The one who spoke and let the world be created. The one who made each other. Michael, just show them my power one time. No, Jesus didn't. He could have. But he didn't. So Jesus is not speaking just to talk, but he lived by example, he says, if anybody wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give, him, give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Jesus is calling his followers to live a completely different kind of life. A higher standard of living. That is impossible on your own. He's showing us the kind of life that God lives. He's showing us the kind of person God is. He's showing us the example of who our Heavenly Father is. That's what Jesus is telling. He's talking about the Jews. This is the line. You have set this level of what holiness looks like. To them, holiness is here. Jesus says, holiness is up there. You'll never reach it. So Jesus then says, Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48, he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of, the, of your Father who is in heaven, for he has caused his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Jesus is comparing like super evil people or super good people to like evil tax collectors. Like, that's the comparison. That's how bad a tax collector was in those days. He says, but if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. He says, therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus says, love your enemy. Love your enemy. Which God led by example, Romans chapter 5, verse 10, for it was while we were enemies, that Christ died for us. While we were enemies. And I'm sure we can all think of an enemy. Somebody that's hurt us. Somebody that's hurt us deep in the core and we hold on to that. God says, love your enemy. And you're like, Jeremiah, you don't know. I, it, it's hard. I get it. Jesus isn't asking us to do something that he was not willing to do himself. You see, Jesus was no ordinary man, and he is calling us to live no ordinary life. To the people of those days, even to us today, Jesus spoke so countercultural, so different, but he spoke with authority. He says to us, therefore, he says, therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, if he's talking about perfect, meaning in perfect person, that's never going to happen. 
But you see, what some scholars believe when Jesus says this, he's talking about devotion. Be devoted to God just as he's devoted to you. And as Jesus is saying these things, the the people around are probably thinking, this is never, ever, ever going to happen. This is never going to happen. These crowds, they flocked to Jesus because he had so much authority. This this authority, this idea that where this authority came from was because Jesus didn't just know about God, but he knew the heart of God. He knew the heart of God. You see, to preach with this authority means that Jesus was able to proclaim the word of God with personal knowledge and experience. That's what it meant. When he spoke with authority, he knew what he was talking about. There was this experience. There was was this love. There was this compassion. Jesus spoke with this authority because he knew the heart of his Father. That's why when Jesus taught, People sense something different. The first thing that, that they saw in him is his teachings were rooted in the authority of God's word. Jesus spoke from knowing who his father was. The Pharisees just quoted others. They didn't have the, that intimate relationship with God. He, you know, it's like that person who's teaching about something they don't have a, that, that passion about. But Jesus had this passion because he knew who his father was. He knew he had, he had, he had spent time with his father. The second thing, he, he used practical application. Jesus took a message. The Jewish leaders of those days would just say something, but ap- apply it in no way to people's lives. Did not make it attainable or in any way something that they could reach. But Jesus, he made it practical. Jesus spoke telling us how to live life. The Pharisees just asked them questions. He always included what we are supposed to do in light of what he just said. The third thing that we see about what made Jesus different is he lived it out with integrity. You know, you've, we have seen many leaders in our day where they say one thing, but they do not lead with integrity. Whether it's business leaders, political leaders, any kind of leaders. And anytime somebody is in some kind of a spotlight and they make a mistake like that, they get, they get blasted, don't they? Because we hold them to a higher standard. You see, Jesus lived out everything he said with integrity. Jesus practiced what he preached. So what does that mean for you and I? One, I ask, have you experienced God in your life? I'm going to get back to this ladder in a bit and how the whole ladder works. You see, for me, personal experience, as I was thinking about it, I, I can tell you about my father. See, Jesus, when he's preaching these things, these things out of Matthew, when he's speaking of authority, he's speaking because he knows his father's heart. You know he spent time, he goes, my dad not only, would he not only just not commit adultery, he doesn't look lustfully. My dad, not only does he say something to keep his word, but my dad actually keeps his word. He says, not only does my dad say don't murder, my dad has never hated any of you in his entire life because of the things that you've done. Not once has he ever hated 
My dad, when he talks about a marriage, even though you cheat on him, even though you hurt him, even though you abuse him, even though you walk out on him, even though you, you do not do what you say, even though you do not commit your, keep your side, my dad will never break it with you. You see, Jesus, as he's speaking these things with authority, he is saying things from his heart that he's seen his own father do. And as I was thinking about this personal experience, I think about my relationship with my own dad. I can tell you that my dad loves the Lord. How do I know? Because I see it. I see it in his life. I see it when he spends time with God in the, in the word, whether it's in the morning or when growing up as a kid, I would see my dad pray. I saw him took steps of faith. I saw my dad live that Christian life out. I can speak on experience. I can speak with authority about my dad. I can tell you that my dad loves his family. Because I watched him provide, I watched him work hard, I watched him teach us how to live this life. I can speak from experience about my dad on how he loves ice cream. Because I've seen it, I see his freezer and it looks similar to mine, except mine is becoming ice cream depleted because I'm trying to be wiser with my health. I'm just trying, I can't. I'm 42 and this job is stressful, not gonna lie. My wife's like, Jeremiah, you need, to, you need to get healthier. So I've made a commitment to get healthier. But I've seen my dad. I see that fridge. I know his love for ice cream. He's passed that on to me. Have you experienced God like that? Some of you, maybe you're so new to this whole Jesus thing. God wants you to be able to talk about him just like I talked about my own dad. I've seen my dad, my heavenly father. I've seen him work in my life. I've seen him answer my prayers. I've seen him encourage my heart when the times are rough. I've seen him do things, whether it's in the church or in other people's lives. I've seen God move. I know that's what God wants to do in each and every one of our lives. Jesus spoke with authority because he knew his father. Jesus, in this passage and in in our life, Jesus wants us to be able to speak with authority on who the heavenly father is. But there's this verse, verse 48, it says, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. And in life, we look at life going, but, God, but Jeremiah, I'm never gonna reach. I'm never gonna reach, I'm never gonna reach. And we climb, we climb. Now I could reach the top of this ladder, I'm not gonna lie. I've been up to the top of it before. I'm trying to fix that thing. And it's a little scary, but it's not too bad. I used to be scared of heights, not as much anymore. More roller coasters now. But you see the ladder of life? The trying to be somebody that we think the world is telling us to be, it's never gonna happen. It's Jesus telling this crowd of people, hey, this is how you're to live, and they're looking going, man, I messed up on that one, 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 I messed up on that one. I, I messed up on all of them today, Jesus alone. Jesus says, yeah, you did. You see, the whole plan of the ladder is not a matter of whether or not you can climb up it and get to God, it's, it's that God sent Jesus to get to you. That's what the ladder is all about. 
You see, Jesus is calling us to no ordinary life, and the only way that we can live a no ordinary life is through the power of the Holy Spirit, of, of the Holy Spirit living in our life so that we can accomplish, so that we can be the men and women, so that we can be the husbands and wives, so that we can be the people that God has called us to be, so that we can live those thriving lives, leaving legacies that you hear me talking about, so that we can believe in Jesus and become the people that God so desires to be. But the only way is if the Holy Spirit fills us, and that's only going to happen when you ask Jesus, say, Jesus, fill me. When you spend time with him, you get to know him and know who he is and know the heart of the Father. The more you spend time with the Father, the more you know his heart and the more you want to be like him, the more you want to follow him, the more you want to get rid of all those things. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, there's this power. Jesus says, I must go away so the Holy Spirit can come. John chapter 14, verse 28, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that says, it's not about you climbing the ladder, but it's that Jesus came down. For God so loved the world that he sent his Son to us. You see, Jesus is speaking this authority. The, 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 Jew, the Jewish leaders were trying to tell them, hey, you can climb that ladder. Jesus says, no, you can't. You will never, ever, ever climb that ladder. But that's why I came down. I came down to meet you in your need. You see, some of us, we can get through going, I don't know how many of you are, ah, that's good enough kind of people. Any, anybody in here, who that's, you can say that's good enough. You just sort of get a job and you're like, eh, if I can't see it from my house, it's okay. Anybody like that? When you do a job, you do things, you're like, yeah, it's good enough. It looks good, it works. But some of your A personalities, your, your ones on the Enneagram, you are like a perfectionist. It's never good enough. It's never enough. You are always needing, always lacking, always struggling and wanting to be perfect. So for you, a ladder is endless. For some of us, we look going, God, I know you say I can't do it, but I'll bet if I try hard enough. Because, I mean, it's just like... A little mistake. Wasn't that big of a deal. For some of you, like, if it's one mistake, you're like, I just might as well not even live anymore. What's the point? But you see, Jesus says, I sent the Holy Spirit to teach you. Not only to teach you what you can't do, but to teach you what I have done. The Spirit, Holy Spirit has come, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, but the, each one of you is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. You see, when we accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into us, and here's what he does in our lives. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Here's evidence. It's more love. It's joy. It's patience. It's goodness. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. It's self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and evil desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. You see, as we allow the Holy Holy Spirit to fill our lives, all of a sudden we start to change. As we allow ourselves to start becoming more of who God is calling us to be, as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, as we look at what Jesus says, as we learn about his Father, just like he spoke of his Father, as he spoke with authority, and the Holy Spirit starts filling our life and doing in us these, these things that we never thought could happen, all of a sudden we start loving more. All of a sudden we have more joy, we have more peace, we have more patience, we have more kindness, we have more goodness, we have more faithfulness, we have more gentleness, we have more self-control, and you see those things. They're not all going to happen at once, but you'll see them little by little by little. And that's not by you climbing the ladder higher. That's by Jesus coming down and filling your heart more. The more he fills you, the more he comes out of you. It's like, have you ever put Play-Doh inside one of those things and it starts 
um, I don't know, I was going to use a word that's not appropriate. It starts like oozing out of it. The more you push in, the more it oozes out. That's what Jesus starts to do in our lives the more he fills us. The more people look going, you're different. But it comes to that place where you go, I will never reach the top of the ladder. It comes to that point, and this is a struggle every day of some of your lives, where you have to go, I am not supposed to climb this ladder. This is not my ladder to climb. This was Jesus' ladder to come down to meet me at the ground. And he's going to lift me up. I don't have to climb it. I don't have to get to the top. He's going to carry me to the top. He's going to change me and help me become the person I so desire to be. And all of a sudden what happens is we see in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God is a fragrant aroma. You see, God showed us the ladder in Exodus when he gave the Ten Commandments to say you will never reach the top. When Jesus spoke with authority, worship me, you come up. When Jesus spoke with authority, He was speaking, saying, you'll never reach the top. But you see, Jesus, when he speaks, he doesn't leave us empty. He says, but I came down. When you read the Bible in whole, you see his story on how he, he's speaking, how I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. We see his story about how he speaks of the Father's love and the Father's heart for people. We see in his story as we continue to look at this book of Mark, and we see how Jesus was no ordinary man. We see this love that he has for a people that don't deserve it. We see how throughout the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus tells the story about how he came down to meet us at the base of the ladder to help us become the people we so desire to be. And the only way is when we allow Jesus in and then he starts to come out. So if you are trying to climb this ladder today, I wish I could just throw it away. But it's like 16 feet, super heavy, and it might hurt people. Stop climbing the ladder. It's not yours to climb. It was Jesus's to come down. To meet you there. To lift you up. So that you might become. So that you might live a thriving life. Leaving a legacy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you love us, that you care for us. Jesus, I thank you that you have a plan for each and every one of our lives. And Jesus, if we are trying to climb that ladder 
of self-righteousness, self-doing, whatever it is. If, if we have been trying to climb it, thinking that if I'm just good enough, if I'm strong enough, if, if I can accomplish enough, if I can do that, then maybe somebody might love me. Maybe somebody might accept me. Maybe somebody might acknowledge me. Lord, may we realize that it has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with you. May we realize it's all about you and what you did when you came down from heaven to earth. When you came down, you humbled yourself so that we can have a changed life and a changed heart. If you're in this room right now, and you've been trying to climb the ladder of maybe it's religiosity. Maybe you grew up in a, a Catholic home and you never knew anything about the grace and the love of Jesus. You didn't really know about the cross. You just thought everything was about doing enough and climbing the ladder and making sure you, you do all the right things in your Christian, in your, in your religious life. And you, you climb, you climb, you climb, you climb, you climb, but you always fall down because you always are facing a mirror. You see, Jesus came to get rid of that, to forgive you and to set you free. If you are trying to live a life, trying to be somebody that God's like, you're never going to be enough on your own. I came to fill you, to fill you so that you are enough. Jesus is the only one that does that in you and through you. If you want to receive Jesus today, if you want to have a life change and a heart change, and you want to know that he came down to meet you where you are, pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming down to me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying on a cross so I don't have to climb that ladder. And Jesus, I ask that you would fill my heart, that you'd forgive me of my sins, and that you would help me become the person you're calling me to be. Jesus, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on in our lives, keep your hands up if you're afraid of me. Jesus, I ask that you'd help each and every one of us realize that you came down that ladder to offer us grace, to offer us freedom, to offer us love and forgiveness. And Jesus, I ask that you would help us to live that life, maybe be full of those Holy Spirit, so we can love like you, be kind like you, and live like you. Lord, help each and every one of us to have a thriving life, leaving a legacy in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. If you want to learn more about what's going on at City View, download our City View app through the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can find everything from special events, outreach opportunities, and additional resources all in one centralized location. Links are in the description below. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.